Welcome to the Principal Pipeline, the Wallace Foundation's podcast. I'm Lucas Held, Director of Communications at Wallace, and I'm so glad you've joined us today for what we believe will be an informative and useful conversation. At Wallace, a major focus of ours for nearly two decades has been an effort to strengthen the training and support of school principals who play an important and essential role in school success. And so, for five years, starting in 2011, we invested in six large urban school districts to help them build principal pipelines and to learn more about what it takes to do so. What do we mean by a pipeline? We mean a coherent system of training, hiring, and supporting novice principals on the job with the goal of building a substantial pool of strong candidates to lead schools. On the Principal Pipeline podcast, we'll bring you an in-depth conversation with those who are actually doing the building of pipelines to share what we and they are learning, learning about how districts and states can develop good systems to produce a robust supply of effective school principals. I'm delighted to welcome our three guests today from Prince George's County Public Schools in Maryland, which is near Washington, D.C. Dr. Douglas Anthony is Associate Superintendent of the Office of Talent Development in Prince George's. Latanya Southern has been Assistant Principal in Prince George's County for two years. And Dr. Cassandra Lassiter is a Principal Supervisor, a position also known as an Instructional Director in Prince George's County and has been for seven years. Prince George's County Public Schools is one of six urban districts participating in Wallace's Principal Pipeline Initiative. One thing the six districts realized is that if they wanted to build their benches of highly qualified principals, they needed to rethink two other important jobs, the job of assistant principal and the job of principal supervisor. For assistant principal, the question was, how can we find better ways to help groom folks, develop them to become principals? And for principal supervisors, the question was, how can we shift the focus away from compliance with administrative rules toward helping principals develop the skills to help ensure a consistently high level of instruction in a school? So let's turn to the folks who are actually doing the work to get a better sense of how this played out in Prince George's County. Doug, you're Associate Superintendent for Talent Development. How did your district identify men and women with leadership potential and better prepare them for what we know is quite a demanding job? Um, Right, so Lucas, um, we developed a strategy when we received the Wallace Foundation um, grant, quite honestly. Uh, We had a lot of fragmented good-intentioned, well-intended programs, but there wasn't cohesion to how we looked at leadership development across uh, the district. And so the Wallace Grant actually provided a frame for us to develop leader standards, to look at how we hire, how we select, how we build support, uh, as well as how we evaluate. And so um, from there, we created uh, our strategy around leadership development in the district. And one of the things that we found is um, we had, a, we had a, a number of people that had the right credentials, 
we had several assistant principals that we believed were our inherent bench, but we weren't necessarily developing them in a way that would lead them to be successful as principals. And so we started to look at that particular challenge and, and, and grapple with this notion of how do you build assistant principals as the bench for your principal positions. And um, what changed in how you worked with um, assistant principals? Right, so we started to be a lot more strategic um, one, we uh, first um, worked to develop a, our own in-house curriculum. Uh, we worked with the National Institute of School Leadership to develop a curriculum called, and a program called ALPS, uh, which is our aspiring leaders program for seasoned assistant principals. Um, so we could start giving them not only theoretical support, but actually some of the practical application that they would need to move the job more effectively. Then we looked at how we were inducting assistant principals. Quite honestly, we didn't have an induction program um, for assistant principals. We kind of gave them the keys and said, there you go. And we left all of the responsibility to the principal. Um, so we really started to pay attention to that from a central office standpoint. How could we provide the right level support? We developed an assistant principal induction program um, for a two-year experience, which our wonderful assistant principal here, LaTanya, is part of. She's in her second year as an assistant principal. And we didn't have those uh, types of programs of support before. So really there was no kind of consistent approach to um, help developing uh, uh, assistant um, principals. And that's a big um, um, that's a big change. Now, I, we also heard that you held information sessions called So You Want to Be an Administrator. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell us about uh, my uh, why those and wh <laughs> what did they do? It is my favorite time of the year. So, um, so we, we, what we found when we looked at our data in the system, we actually had over you know, 4,000 folks who actually had credentialing to be an assistant principal or principal in the district. And obviously, we didn't have that many positions. Um, but what we found is we continue to have people go get their credentialing that they figured once they graduate from a program, they should get assistant principalship and the rest is history. Um, so we wanted to actually give some ground truth to what that experience would look like and make sure that people could look in the room and see how many people are really competing for these very prestigious and important roles in our district. And so we started So You Want to Be an Administrator, where we pull everybody together who thinks they want to be an administrator. And we actually just have conversations. We'll have an instructional director come in and talk about the perspective. And we'll have a um, uh, uh, sitting uh, principal come in and talk about the perspective. And people who've come through the ranks come and talk about the perspective and just give them some ground truth and some perspective about the role. Well, uh, it sounds to me like a bit of the um, philosophy of the Marines, which is to say um, one of the reasons folks are so attracted to the Marines is that very few folks make it. So you were in a sense <laughs> dramatizing how uh, difficult a path uh, a th th this has been. Um, so uh, let's turn to you, LaTanya. Um, you're an assistant principal. and. Um, Tell us what it was like, uh, if you had gone through it, what the uh, information session felt like from your perspective, and then how the district supported you when you actually said, yes, I want to be a principal. So I actually missed that <laughs> session, um, how you want to be a principal. I just came to uh, the conclusion that that was what I wanted to do, that I wanted to go into administration. I started around 2012, which coincidentally was around the same time that our county implemented the Wallace grant for the first year. I was one of the first year cohort recipients. I was able to get my Administrator 1 certification through a program that we had at Bowie State University. 
Um, and I went on that same summer to get my administrative two certificate as well. Let me just interrupt you and ask, what, what was motivating you to become uh, 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 a, a principal? Um, I had been teaching about 15 years and I was already nationally board certified and was given the opportunity through multiple um, experiences with the county to present to other people district-wide to run professional development and to interact with leaders and I really felt that I had more to offer um, as a leader that it would be difficult for me to continue on as a classroom teacher. Um, and so at the end of the year, I was able to move into an instructional lead teacher position, which is a teacher leader position out of the classroom, but really working with the school building across the board. They gave me a little bit more training um, and a, a broader perspective. And after three years of doing that, I was able to get an assistant principal's position. However, even as an assistant principal, we get a lot of work, just as Dr. Anthony has said, mm -hmm. through the assistant principal induction program. That's been extremely valuable for me personally, and I know with the cohort of um, assistant principals that I work with. So it sounds like you're really continuing to um, pick up new skills. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and approaches. And uh, that sounds exactly um, what the hope was. Doug. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, let, let's turn to um, um, Cassandra. Um, so um, tell us a little bit about um, what the new role or the evolving role of principal supervisors um, is and why that role is important. Well, it's an important role because, um, especially in our district, we touch every aspect of what happens with the schools that we supervise. So currently I have 14 schools, and I have three new principals, and I have one principal that has two new um, special needs programs in her building. And so we are able to help the principals with their um, coaching and feedback with their teachers, modeling, developing their instructional leadership teams scoping out new talents such as Miss um, Southern, um, and also just doing focused learning walks and paired observations and those sorts of things to help to build their instructional leadership capacity. So this is um, a, a, a real process, again, of helping to continue to develop, mm -hmm. uh, invest in um, talent. Um, take us through what a typical day uh, might look like. Are you in your car a lot? Oh, Are boy. You a typical day. A typical day actually starts for me two weeks prior because I do my calendar out two weeks in advance through our, and we use the SAMS process. Um, and the SAMS calendar helps me to really calibrate around how I'm working with different schools, how much time I'm spending in different places. So I do use that data to kind of map out the direction that I'm going to go in. And so a typical day does start in the car. It starts on the phone. It starts on the phone about 4.30 in the morning sometimes, depending on what's going on. Um, and then I head on to the schools that I'm planning to attend. At the schools, I always have a pretty focus. Uh, I have a focus around what my purpose for going, going is going to be, an observation, a paired walk, checking on a principal, attend a meeting. So it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty intense, but we definitely, um, you know, we manage it. <laughs> well, you, you definitely sound like uh, a planner, and For sure. uh, clearly the, the, the planning gene come, <laughs> comes in handy here. Um, um, it, maybe just say a word about um, how, from your perspective, you've been a principal supervisor for seven years. Yeah. Um, since this effort started, how has your role changed? Um, the role has changed tremendously. There's a huge focus on coaching and feedback. Um, we've been... Um, 
fortunate in our district to have lots of opportunities for professional development to make sure that we're sharpening our skills and that we're helping our principals to sharpen their skills as well. Our role is definitely operational, managerial, and instructional. We try to stay more so focused on the instructional side, um, but you know the other pieces do come into play at times. So it's, it's evolving because there's more work to be done. We have more principals in our district now that are newer principals, and so just bringing them on board and making sure that they're they start out on the right foot is definitely a charge for us. That's terrific. Um, and maybe a question for um, the three of you, which is um, what uh, challenges do, um, do each of you um, see ahead uh, for um, your work? Um, uh, uh, Doug, in, in um, strengthening these processes of continuing to strengthen the processes of assistant principal development, um, principal supervision, mm -hmm. Uh, and and the role itself. Yeah, I th I just think the the complexity of like the national landscape around leadership is, is one that we grapple with every day, mm -hmm. and so we have new assessments that we haven't had before. And so what does that what does that look like in the schoolhouse? What mm -hmm. does that look like for supervision? And how do we approach that so that we continue to st have a coaching stance and a mm -hmm. supportive stance? Mm -hmm. um, from a central office standpoint, I think some of the things that we're challenged by is just. Uh, making sure that we're actually providing support and not dictating support. And so how do we provide the right level of guidance, tension, and pushback, and feedback mm -hmm. so that people feel us as a help and not a hindrance to, to doing their job? Absolutely. Sounds like a delicate uh, <laughs> balance. Uh, so, Latanya, how are we doing in that balance? Um, I think for me it's making sure that I support my principal in the ways that she needs support. Um, making sure that, of course, I complement her instructionally and with organizational management um, on one end, and then on the other end, ensuring that our teachers um, are prepared and have the correct and the proper pedagogy so that the um, information and the curriculum that they're communicating and facilitating with students is rigorous and ensuring that our students are actually achieving. Mm -hmm. Terrific, thank you. How just, about you, Cassandra? Just, something just to add on, um, you know, the theory of change in our district is around culture, data, and performance. And so we have a razor-like sharp focus on that. And to do that, it takes us leveraging this, the strengths and the talents of each department and how we bring on our new leaders in our buildings and in our school system and how we support them and continue to coach and to help them to develop their skills so that we continue to have this right. pipeline. That's what we're all about, continuing to build a strong pipeline and putting the resources that are necessary to support that work moving forward. And our structures, I think one of mm -hmm. the structures that, that what's unique about the three of us is that we sit on the same leadership development team. Yep. So as an assistant principal, we have a program um, where we provide central office support to um, Ms. Southern, and it requires the principal supervisor, a central office executive, um, the a, principal, a leadership uh, and coach. a leadership coach, yep. as well as an uh, office of improvement specialist. Yes. And we actually sit with her, you know, quarterly to look at her goals, her mm -hmm. progress, and to give her those various perspectives that we bring to the table to improve her practice. And those structures need to remain intact. Absolutely. And these structures really sound like a um, cohesive approach to investing in the development uh, and support of, of, of leaders. Maybe as a, a closing question, Doug and others, um, feel free to, to, to add to this. Um, what advice would you give other districts as they think about the question of how to garner support 
for an investment in uh, developing and um, um, supporting effective leadership? That's, that's a great question. It's a loaded question, but it's mm -hmm. a great question. I think um, the first thing you have to do is really organize for collaborative work. We use the DataWise process mm -hmm. in our district. <laughs> and so one is just grounding your conversation with all the right stakeholders from the beginning. Right, and so you have to have the champion, you have to have your superintendent, you have to have others who value this prospect of leadership development in a way that um, is owned by the system. It can't just be owned by a shop, it can't be owned by just one instructional director or a leader in a building. It has to be owned by the system and people have to feel invested in that way. Mm -hmm. Our coherence framework gives us that space. Mm -hmm. We all see our role in the district and, and we're integrated and coordinated, at least we try to be, and we're getting better at it, um, to do so. So I think that that would be my main advice is have your stakeholder group invested in the same goal mm -hmm. and be very clear about what that goal is. So early and intentional. Um, Latanya, Cassandra, anything to add? Oh, I was going to say for me one of the most valuable pieces of our assistant principal induction program is the leadership development team. So I would say to other districts to please make sure that you do offer your aspiring principals opportunities to interact and get feedback from and be coached from by people who are at different levels within the district so that they can give their different lenses and perspectives on what areas they need to do um, to, to utilize and so grow. So collaboration and Absolutely. teamwork. Absolutely, and having that outward mindset. So as a part of her leadership development team, um, one of the things that we, we are very intentional about is what she needs to develop and how can we be more helpful to her and not a hindrance to her continuing to grow in her practice. And we have established a culture where we're, we're all in each other's way. We're all in, I mean, Doug's <laughs> shop, he's in my <laughs> shop, so we kind of cross-integrate to get it done. Well, that's a terrific note on which to end. Um, so let me thank our three guests, um, Dr. Douglas Anthony, Associate Superintendent of the Office of Talent Development in Prince George's County, Latanya Southern, an Assistant Principal in Prince George's County, and Dr. Cassandra Lassiter, a Principal Supervisor. Thanks to each of you for an informative and insightful conversation. Thanks for thank having you. us. Thanks for having thank you. I want to thank our listeners for joining us today. And if you've enjoyed today's conversation, please rate our show on Apple's podcast to help others find us. And to learn more about Wallace and find notes about today's show, visit us online at wallacefoundation.org slash podcast and follow the Wallace Foundation on Twitter at WallaceFDN. We look forward to sharing our next Principal Pipeline conversation with you soon.